What is up, guys? It's your host, Anthony Sorelli, here for our second episode of the 3 Indie Podcast. And last week, I did an episode on the top eight Eastern Conference teams in the NBA. And so now let's switch over and do the top eight Western Conference teams. This time, it was a little more difficult for me because there are just so many good teams. And once you get to like the third team all the way to the 10th team, in the West, you can really mix and match a lot of those teams, and this was very hard, and a lot of people aren't going to like my list, but there are valid, okay? So, let's start off with the number one seed, obviously, the Golden State Warriors. I predict them to win between 60 and 65 games. I don't expect them to take the regular season so seriously, though. Just like last season, they had a few injuries, and they fell to the second seed. This time, they're just too deep. You got Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Boogie Cousins. Like, come on. They have five All-Stars. No other team has more than two. They have Sean Livingston off the bench with Iguodala, Kevin Looney, Jordan Bell, and Jarebko. So, they actually have a decent decent depth this year. They have a decent bench. And... They're honestly going to be a really good team this year. And if anyone thinks they aren't going to win, then you're just crazy or a hater. All right, so Golden State's simple. Number two, I'm sticking with the Houston Rockets. And there are a couple reasons why. Whenever you hear anyone talk about them being a really bad team or them being a worse team from last year, I should say, it's because people always mention how they lost Trevor Reza and Luke Bamute, which is severely going to affect their defense. Luke Mamute, or whatever, however you pronounce his name, barely played in the playoffs. He is not a loss at all. Let's be real. He was a decent player, but I don't know. I mean, he's a good defender, but he didn't really play in the playoffs, so let's not think about him. But Trevor Reza is a pretty big loss because he spaced the floor even though he went over 11 in that last in that game 7 he was consistent all throughout the season and even in the playoffs so let's look at their all-star caliber backcourt with Chris Paul and James Harden as well as a new addition Carmelo Anthony who is not going to help them at all on defense but he might add a little bit of mid-range and post fades for their offense as well on the pinch post he's going to be really good for for them in fact he's going to just make their offense a bit more versatile, and he can also stretch out and shoot the three when he wants to. And then you also got P.J. Tucker, who's an elite defender in this league. Undersized, but still a great defender. Kind of like Draymond Green, very similar. So for P.J. Tucker can shoot the three more effective. And then you got Clint Capella. You got six man of the year candidate every year, Eric Gordon. And then you have Gerald Green. So this team is, I would say they're Almost as good as last year. I'm predicting they're going to win between 58 and 62 wins. So around 60 wins is basically my range. Just because they're worse on defense than last season. Alright, coming in at number 3. This is where the list starts to get more difficult. Those two are easy. Even some people might not have them as the top two, but I think that's pretty obvious. My third team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And here's my reason why. You lose Carmelo Anthony, who 
didn't really have the right chemistry with your team. You'll have someone else playing in his position. I think Jeremy Grant is going to be their starter most likely. Otherwise, I don't see what other player could be a start, starting caliber power forward for this team. But you got Russell Westbrook, Andre Roberson, who's an elite defender. He can't shoot at all, but he needs to be able to shoot something this year. You got Paul George, Jeremy Grant, and Steven Adams, as well as a really important addition, Dennis Schroeder, who's going to add that flair off the bench that they need when Russell Westbrook needs rest, especially in the playoffs. He's going to be a really good spark plug for this team. And then you got Alex Abrinas, and then you have other players like Nerlens Noel and Patrick Patterson, who I think Patrick Patterson helps stretch the floor for them. He really wasn't that good, but when he was on the Raptors a couple of seasons ago, he was a solid bench piece. Kind of inconsistent, but he has the ability to shoot the three consistently. So yeah, they're going to sit him as my third team, and I'm predicting around 55 wins, I think, is appropriate for them. And now we have the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are probably the most well-rounded team in the entire league because if you look at them, they have good depth, they have good shooters, good defense, good coaching, very good coaching, I love Quinn Schneider, and also very good team chemistry. They're well-rounded, and they also have a young star in Donovan Mitchell as their starting shooting guard. And let's take a look at the lineup, actually. They have a very solid lineup. they got Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, and Rudy Gobert. So they actually do have a pretty solid starting lineup, as well as Dante Exum, Grayson Allen there, who's going to help them stretch the floor. He was their, I think, 18th pick this year in the draft, and Jay Crowder. So they have some decent three-point shooters off the bench. You got Joe Ingles who can shoot. You got Donovan Mitchell who can create his own shot. Ricky Rubio who can create shots for other players and actually shot 35% from three last year, which is his highest cliff ever after six years of shooting around 31% from three. So he's actually showing improvement this late in his career, which is awesome for them. So I'm predicting they're going to win slightly under Oklahoma City. I'm thinking around 54 wins, 53-54 wins. I think that's... A solid amount. I think they just have such good chemistry. They're going to win the games they should win. And then they're going to challenge teams on the games that they really shouldn't win against. Like the Golden States and the Boston Celtics. They're going to be able to challenge them every night. Because of how consistent they are and how good they are actually. And my fifth seeded team is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. They had undoubtedly the best offseason this year. And they're going to be the most improved team from last season. Just adding LeBron James, the best player in the world, that says enough. That's it. So let's take a look at their lineup, actually. Their lineup is actually crazy deep. They got You got Lonzo Ball, who is a very good player. People are really knocking on him. He averages, I think, 10-7-7, which is the same as Malcolm Brogdon, I believe, when he won Rookie of the Year in 2015 or 2016, whenever it was. Whenever Malcolm Brogdon won, Lonzo Ball had the same stat line. He was just... A less effective shooter, which can be fixed. Then you got Contavious Caldwell Pope, who I don't like him that much. He's a very streaky shooter, but he adds something that this team really, really needs in terms of three point shooting. Then you got Brandon Ingram, who's a young star. Kyle Kuzma, who's also a young star on the come up right. This season is a very pivotal season for him because he had a good breakout season as a rookie. But he needs to show consistency. And then you got LeBron, 
best player in the world, going on 33 strong. I'd like to see him play just as good as last season. That'd be awesome. Then you got Rajon Rondo, Josh Hart, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, who can create his own shot. And then you have JaVale McGee. And so Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley both can create their own shot, which gives LeBron time to play off ball, which is something he wanted to do. And it also gives him makes this team more versatile on offense because you can have these guys taking shots and give LeBron a bit of rest or make LeBron slash to the basket and grab boards and stuff like that. This is going to be the hardest team to coach in the entire NBA, and I think that's undisputable. This team has a lot of personality. you got JaVale McGee, Michael Beasley, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo. you got LeVar Ball, and then you also have LeBron. This team is going to be crazy. It's awesome. Can't wait to see how they do. But as I said before, they have a really, really good amount of depth. They're going to be the wild card this year. And even at the fifth seed, in the first round of the playoffs, if they play the Utah Jazz, which is what my prediction suggests, I think they'll win. I think by that time they'll be ready. But since they have to have that adjustment time period, I'm thinking they're going to win around 52 to 54 games. That's my prediction. So now... The rest of the teams in the playoffs are going to be 50-plus win teams, 100%. They have to be in the West. And that's the thing. It's going to be very tight, and there's going to be a couple of games that separate these teams. So don't be mad if you see a team that's an 8th seed that you really think is a 5th seed because, honestly, that's only 2 or 3 games, and I think at this point it's just making the playoffs for these teams. So at number 6, I've got the San Antonio Spurs. Because last year they made the playoffs and won over, I think they won over 50 games. No, I don't think they did. Whatever. They made the playoffs. That's all that matters. They made the playoffs, which was important for them. Without Kawhi Leonard, and all they did was add DeRozan and Jakob Pertl and swapped out Danny Green. So you've got DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, and old-ass Pau Gasol. But then you got Patty Mills, Marco Bellinelli, who's going to help them with their three-point shooting. And then Yaka Pertl, who's a nice Euro big man, and I think he's gonna he's an underrated player. He'll be very good for them. So as you know, they have the best coach in the league and a great system. They've got really good defense. Hopefully this will help DeRozan become a better defender because he's athletic enough to be a good defender. They also have... The big problem with them is that they have a lack of three-point shooting because if you look at these guys, Dante Murray cannot shoot a three. DeRozan can't really shoot a three. Rudy Gay is an okay three-point shooter. Aldridge is a poor three-point shooter. Pau Gasol is a poor three-point shooter. Patty Mills and Bellinelli are their two best three-point shooters based off what I have down here. And that's kind of sad to say because you kind of need a star who's willing to shoot threes often in order to just rack up the score a lot. So they're really going to be dependent on their defense. Their lanes are going to be really clogged because you have a lot of people who aren't going to be stretching the floor because they're not really a threat from three. And it's just going to be a tough season for them, but I still see them being a 60 because they have the talent and the coaching to be that high of a seeding. And at number seven, I've got the Denver Nuggets. A lot of people are going to be mad at this, but they are my dark horse. I'm telling you this right now. I think that they have... A lot of players who are question marks, and if these question marks turn into good players, oh my god, you will be surprised. They will be really, really good. A tough, tough team to beat. Now let's just go through their list. you got two young stars, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris as their backcourt. 
Those are two really good players. I love Jamal Murray. I am Canadian. Will Barton, he's decent. You got Paul Millsap, who's pretty solid. And then you got Nikola Jokic, the Joker, who is honestly on the verge of becoming a superstar. Triple-double king. Great at passing out of the post. Good shooter. He's everything. He is the most versatile player on this team. Then you got Isaiah Thomas, who averaged 29 points per game to last season, in fact. Not last season, but the season before. And was, I think, third or fourth in the MVP voting. He is a wild card on this team. He could average 20 off the bench for them. You never know. And then you got Michael Porter Jr., who's looking healthy as hell. Has a good... Such a great player, man. I love him, too. I hope he plays well, and I hope he becomes a star this year. And I hope he proves everyone wrong, because he's a great player. And if he's good, this team will be good. He'll take the starting role over Will Barton, for sure, if healthy. Because that's how good of a player he is. He's skilled, he's tall, can shoot the three... He'd be a good three for them, a good small forward. He can defend. He can defend, okay. And then you got Mason Plumley as well, who's okay. So they got a solid team with, I think they've got the most potential. And then, I mean, maybe the Lakers as well. They have a lot of potential, actually. They could go 50-50. Now, we got my eighth-seeded Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. And then after that, I mean, a bunch of trash, basically. You got Evan Turner, Miles Leonard, Nurkic. Uh, Nurkic is okay, but he got destroyed by LeBron last season. Like, damn. They got Seth Curry, which is a poor man's, poor man's Steph Curry. And then you got Afru Aminu, who's okay. And then the only other person I, I could put, really, was Caleb Swanigan, who a lot of people are going to be like, who the hell is that? He's just a guy, all right? He was a, a big man who played in college couple years ago, I believe, and he was great. I actually really liked him, and I thought he was going to be a dark horse in that draft. In a couple years, he'd be really good because he reminds me a lot of Joel Embiid on the offensive end. However, here are some things you should note with this team. The Portland Trailblazers have a lack of depth. They have a one-dimensional offensive rotation and team. They really don't have a lot of offense. you got Lillard, McCollum shooting threes. A bunch of trash players. They aren't going to be able to help. An 8th seed might even be generous. I was thinking between them and the New Orleans Pelicans. And I chose them because New Orleans has even less. They also have a poor defensive team, Portland does. And this all-star caliber backcourt will help carry them to the playoffs. That's all I believe. And now here are some of the teams that are going to be on the outside looking in. So the first team is the Timberwolves. And I know people are wondering why they didn't make the playoffs because last year they were the 8th seed. And really, they should be getting better because their younger players are developing, right? But I'm going to say that they're not going to make the playoffs because there's some poor locker room chemistry. You'll hear all these things about Jimmy Butler talking shit about the two young guys, Andrew Wiggins and Cat, because he says they don't put in the effort. And this is just going to cause a lot of problems, I think. I think that if you don't, you aren't mentally and sound as a team, you aren't going to play well. They also have a very, very lack of depth. They have poor chemistry. They have no defense as well besides Jimmy Butler. Could you name another elite defender on that team besides Jimmy Butler? No, you can't. All right. Maybe you can, but I don't think you can. So now let's go into the, the last couple teams 
that are also going to be on the outside looking in. you got the New Orleans Pelicans. So the reason why is because they have Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. But who else? Who else do they have? They have a lack of depth. No other all-star besides Anthony Davis, even though he is a superstar caliber player. I mean, you got Julius Randle and Okafor, the additions they made. And they also lost players like... They lost Rondo and they lost Boogie Cousins. So this is the team that added Randall and Okafor and lost Boogie Cousins and Rondo. And Randall and Okafor are not going to push them over the top. They are just not good enough this year. I'm sorry to tell you. I am so sorry to tell you. Coming from me. So important. The last team I've got are the LA Clippers. This is an interesting one. When you look at this team, they might have the most depth in the league. They don't have any stars, but they might have a lot of pretty decent players. You gotta listen to this lineup. They got Gortat, Marjanovic. Then they also have um, the point guard whose name I cannot pronounce. I'm gonna just call him Milos. He has a lot of nice passes. I like the way he passes and plays. Then you got Sparkplug Lou Williams, sixth man of the year candidate all the time. Tobias Harris, who I like a lot. And then a young point guard, Shea Gilgis Alexander, six foot six guard from Canada. He is very good too. I like him. He has a lot of potential. He's a good slasher. Not a great shooter, but that's okay. You also got Gallinari, Montrez Harrell, Patrick Beverly, Luke Bamute, Avery Bradley, and Wesley Johnson. So this team is pretty deep. They got a lot of pieces and a lot of young potential. And now I'm going to just talk about the last three teams in the Western Conference. The Sacramento Kings are trash. That's it. <laughs> and now I think that there are two. the other two teams are one to two years away from making a playoff push. So let's start with the Phoenix Suns. This team is surprisingly deep with talent. you got Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Josh Jackson, and then you got Trevor Ariza. Mikhail Bridges, and TJ Warren. So this team does have a lot of good pieces, actually, and I'm excited to see them this season, but I think it's not ready yet. Aiton, I'm 50-50 on him right now. I think he was kind of a... I don't like him as a first overall pick. I don't see him being a franchise player, in my opinion. And the Dallas Mavericks have Dennis Smith Jr., Luka Doncic, DeAndre Jordan, Harrison Barnes, and Costas Antetokounmpo. And... and that's how it's pronounced. And, you know, they got some good young pieces, but this isn't their year yet. This isn't their time. They're too young. I mean, they have a lot of good pieces in theory. They got Dennis Smith Jr., Luka Doncic, who I like him. I don't love him, but I do see a lot of potential in Luka. I see him being potentially the best player of this draft, in my opinion. A lot of people like him. A lot of people hate him. It's 50-50. I mean, I understand either side of that. Then they also got DeAndre Jordan, Harrison Barnes. I said before, these guys are very good players. They have some good pieces, actually. And I think, pretty sure Harrison Barnes averaged almost 20 a game last season. Like, they have the potential to be a good team. It's just about execution and growth of their young stars. Therefore, they are also one to two years away from making a playoff push. It's not yet ready. So, looking at my bracket, you got Golden State number one, Houston number two, OKC number three, Excuse me. Utah Jazz, number four. Lakers, number five. Number six, you got the Spurs. Uh, 
Number seven, I don't remember who I said. I'm going to check my notes right now. Um, number eight, I got Portland. Number seven, I got Denver, right. So if we're going to shape this out, Portland plays Golden State. They get swept. Denver plays Houston. That's a good series. Houston's going to win, but Denver can really challenge them. I think they could take them six games probably. It's probably the max I can see them taking them. If their young players develop really well and Michael Porter Jr. becomes a young star, I'm giving them seven games. They can try. It can split. They're probably going to lose because you just got Houston's too good. They got they got CP3 and Harden. Barring injury, they're better. Let's be real. And then you got the third-seeded Oklahoma City Thunder going to play the Spurs, which would be good for Oklahoma City because they won't re- really be playing a threatening team. They would probably walk through them in six, five to six games. That's just my opinion. The Spurs are good. They're not great. They can't really shoot the three. Oklahoma City is going to be a better defensive team and offensive team. They got such great wing defenders. It's crazy. And they got a lot of length. They're going to be a tough team to beat this season. They're going to go to the second round for sure. And then you'd have the last one would be Utah and the Lakers, which would be a very interesting one. But I'm taking the Lakers, the fifth seed that I predicted, because they got LeBron. And these young pieces with him will be kind of molded together. And they will have this chemistry that they didn't have at the beginning of the season, which is going to make them... The games they win is going to be a very... Underinflated amount, if that's the right way to put it. Underinflated. Okay, let's not. Anyway, I'm predicting the Lakers to win that. And then, once you look at the way that bracket would shape out, you'd get Golden State against the Lakers. Rest in peace to the Lakers. You'd rather be a third seed than a fifth seed. You'd also rather be a sixth seed because then you could have a chance to play the third seed and move on to the other side of the bracket. You basically want to be on the opposite side of Golden State's bracket because they're like a steamroller and all these other teams are like chickens. They're just going to get destroyed. Bad example. Sad example, but it's effective. But anyway, this team will get wrecked. And then if you look at... Boom, 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 boom. That team loses. Sorry, I forgot my train of thought. So Golden State beats the Lakers, no doubt about it. They go to the conference finals. Houston against Oklahoma City would be one of the most hyped up playoff series this season. Oh my god, that'd be amazing to see. I'm taking Oklahoma City in that situation because Russell Westbrook is unguardable. To be honest, he is unguardable. He takes bad shots, but he's still unguardable. Paul George, I love Paul George. Andre Roberson will lock down James Harden, or at least try, or at least he'll lock down CP3, whoever they choose to guard. They just have such great defenders that I could see them really challenging Houston, taking them to the limit because of their defensive mindset. And then you would have Oklahoma City against Golden State, which would be awesome to see because everyone knows that Russ and KD, they do like each other. But when they're on the court, they hate each other. And that would be amazing to see. I could see them taking Golden State six games, maybe seven max, before they get slapped. Depends how good Boogie Cousins is integrated into their system, of course. But either way, I'm taking Golden State, obviously. And So if we combine last episode's predictions with this episode's predictions, you get Golden State versus Boston, which I think everyone is predicting. 
and that would be a mashup that I think would be a really, really good final series. I don't think that they have the right matchup, Boston, because who is going to guard KD? And there's no matchup problems on the other side. Offensively, Boston is a bit easier to guard than, say, Philly, because Ben Simmons is 7 feet tall almost. And Joel Embiid's like seven a 7-2 seven monster that's unguardable. So, in theory, I think Boston will lose in six games or less. That's just my opinion. So, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really enjoyed making these. It took me a while to create these lists because I like to do my background research on these teams. But I really appreciate you guys. If you're listening all the way through, thank you so much. Appreciate it a lot. I work really hard on these. Maybe next week I might have a guest on the show. Make sure to follow my Instagram at NBA underscore coverage and analysis. It's in the bio on Anchor or on my like profile for this po- for these podcasts. I really enjoy making them. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you guys the next episode I make. Thank you.